Welcome to the Potter's House podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you. If you'd like to learn more about the Potter's House, you can visit pottershouse.org. Yes, Lord. Put your hands. Father, I thank you. You are aware of every moment. You're aware of every moment. And Father, I thank you for what you are doing in the potter's house. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of individuals in this room. And I pray that today would be a day of confirmation. Today would be a day of conviction. And today would be a day of freedom. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody who believes it, say amen. Amen. On your way back to your seat, I want you to tell the people you're walking with. It's going to take you a minute so you can start walking. Tell them God is exalted. The devil is defeated. And we've got the victory. I need to uh, be honest with you. What I'm about to say, I didn't plan on saying today. I have the words of a dear friend of mine, a brother, someone I look up to, ringing in my ears, a message he preached, the conference that we went to several months ago. And I'm careful because I think there's a lot of theft in the kingdom. Oh, okay. So I think there's a lot of theft in the kingdom. I don't think there's anything wrong with using resources and listening to messages as resources. And as I've heard his words ringing in my spirit, I've asked the Lord, I mean, this would be really good thing to just say, but the Lord has just been dealing with me standing down here, and I'm going to adapt it to our house for a minute, if that's all right with you. Okay, nobody answered, so I really don't care. I want to adapt it to the house for a minute. I want to be very clear about something. Next week is Easter. Today is Palm Sunday you didn't know stay through the end of service okay I don't know what's going to happen but we've we've got to announce some things we've got an easter egg hunt those are all great things but the king of glory is here now and that's all that matters so stay to the end of service because we're still going to do the easter egg hunt but I know that there are sometimes on easter sunday we have a lot of guests and people come in and all of us are timid And let me tell you something from a worship leader's perspective, Easter Sunday, it's a great day. It's a frustrating day because people come in with all their guests and their family and they're timid in their praise. That will not be the case here next week. 
Why on the day we celebrate him getting out of the grave are we timid with our praise? So, let me just preemptively tell you that next week, don't wait on Pastor David. Write this in your journal. Set a reminder on your phone. Do not wait on him to invite you to this altar. You start here. You're laughing. We're serious. Start here. And there is something that is happening. Can we turn the house lights up just a little bit? There is something that is occurring in the spirit in this house. Maybe there's 30 spiritual among us who look at things in the spirit before we address them in the natural. And really, we should address them in the natural. It's what the scripture said. First, that which is natural, then that which is spiritual. But there are things that are happening in the spirit that are manifesting so quickly in this house. And I, I, I don't know. Whenever we get there, I'll know when we're there. I know one thing. God has shown me a preview. And when we get where we're going, the Columbus will never be the same. But I want... I need to speak to some, some people today, and I need to speak to you with a boldness and an unction, if you'll let me, to cynical, criticizing people who are going to miss what God is doing if they don't get in alignment with the Father. Because let me tell you something, I'm not going to stop. I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop. Here's your Palm Sunday message. Jesus came riding through Jerusalem on a donkey. They laid their clothes down. They put their palm drenches. They sang Hosanna to the King of Glory. Blessed be the Son of David. Go read John 12. John chapter 1. John the Baptist is in the wilderness. John the Baptist is in the wilderness and has been for 20 years preaching to a bunch of things that don't have ears. Preaching to rocks, preaching to crickets, eating locusts, honey, camel's hair. He's dressed in camel's hair. He wasn't eating camel's hair. He was dressed in camel's hair. Here's what he was preaching. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent for the, anything that would listen. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. Repent for the, to the rocks. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. To the, lo- to the locusts right before he was getting ready to eat them. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. To the animals that would come and may try to devour him, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. He was preaching to anything that would listen. He was preaching to anything that he thought needed to repent and prepare the way of the Lord. And 
there came a moment in time when John's unveiling would come and the people would come to him and would stand before him and and here's my first point I, listen I'm totally flying without a net right now I'm just speaking to you as under the unction of the Holy Ghost here's the first point whenever God gives you an increase in audience don't change the message that he's given you it started with locust and then people started showing up and the temptation is that when God gives you an increase in audience is to change what he's given you to say John said I did not spend 20 years in the wilderness being refined to change my message to tickle your ears come here you heathen repent for the kingdom of the Lord is at hand prepare the way of the Lord he preached the gospel to them he preached the message of the kingdom to them in, even to their hardened and stiff-necked hearts, the Jews were the first ones to come. And he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. You can read it in John chapter 1. And then what happened in John chapter 1, 19? John chapter 1, 19, the audience increases again. This time, the priests show up. The people who know the word, but they don't know the word. The people who know the word, but they use the word to manipulate and retaliate against people who don't sing like them, talk like them, look like them. They saw John as a threat. Preach to you whether you like it or not. John was not just declaring a move of God was on the horizon. He was the move of God. And you've got to be careful that you don't look at the move of God and view it as a threat. Because here was a threat in the temple, in the synagogue, in that day, the priest was king. Whatever the priest said, whatever the priest did, they were king. Here was the threat that if the kingdom was coming, then another king was on the horizon too. And the priests show up and they start asking a bunch of questions of John. Who are you? Who gave you your credentials? Uh, whose signature is on your license? Uh, what school did you go to? What place did you get raised up in? And John said, I, 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 I didn't get raised up in any of those places. I didn't go to any school. I don't have any formal education. But let me tell you about the education I do have. There came a moment in time in my life where the Holy Ghost drew me from the womb of my mother into a place called the wilderness and I was out there for 20 years and I was preaching to anything that would listen so this message you're hearing me preach is not anything different than the message I've been preaching all my life you just showed up and now it's offended you because what I'm preaching is going to replace you what I'm preaching is going to move you off of your pedestal and there's going to be a replacement that comes 
priest showed up. The first thing that happens when a new move of God hits the earth is most times the ministers turn on each other. Most times the preachers turn on each other. Well, I'm not going to go over to that church because I don't want my people to go over there and start going to his church. I saw somebody say something the other day on Facebook. Facebook is the spawn of Satan. They said, I'm, I'm so glad that God has made a way for us that when we get hurt at another church, we can just go to another church. I would submit to you then the churches you're going to are not kingdom churches. Oh my. There's a section of you who believe that. So, so the first thing that happens, you watch any move of God that came to the earth. There was a dividing line between those who are going to be involved in the move of God or those who are going to criticize the move of God and miss it. The priests of the temple showed up at the Jordan beyond Bethabara where John was out there preaching and they said, who are you? Who gave you your credentials? How did you get a pulpit? How did you get a microphone? How did you get a, an audience? And John said, I'm just a voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Do you want to know what Palm Sunday is really all about? Prepare ye the way of the Lord. They took off their clothing and they laid it on the ground. They got him a donkey to ride on. They took their palm branches and waved them. And what they were saying is, as the king rode through the city, Hosanna, blessed be the son of David. The word Hosanna means to save us. They were saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And what I've come to do in my life, what I've come to understand, is that God never raises anybody up to be the voice. He raises them up to be a voice. And there are a lot of pastors and there's a lot of ministers. And you might be sitting in this room or watching me online I'm telling you right now you can mark it take it to the bank the days of celebrity pastoring are dead and they are gone you cannot get in this thing to try to be a celebrity and to make money God will not have any other gods before him and when you try to be all that in a bag of chips what you're saying is is I am God and I am better than him and I can do it without him and all my structures they're set up so we can do it and all my systems are set up so we can do it God did not raise you up to be the voice. He raised us up to be a voice. The same voices crying out in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So you've got to make a decision. Priests of the Lord. That what's happening in this house. I'm either going to be in it. Or I'm going to get out of it. Because you know what I found about a move of God? It will outlast the people who criticize it. And do you know what always happens? The devil steps in and tries to start taking all the credit. Jesus cast a demon out of a young boy. And the people said, well, he cast out demons by Beelzebub. One of the greatest form of blasphemies is to give credit to the devil for something God did. 
So you better be careful when you're talking about a church and bodies are being healed and signs and wonders are being manifested in their midst. You say, well, that's demonology. That's mysticism. You better be, you better be certain. Because if you're giving the devil credit for something God did. So the priest came up against John the Baptist first. This is where we're really going to dig in. The next group that showed up were the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 16 and Mark chapter 8, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He also said that a little leaven spoils the whole lump. One day I sat down and started thinking, and there's another leaven, but we're not going to talk about that. That's the leaven of politics. Y'all don't want me to go there today. That's the leaven of Herod. Okay, let me stay here for a minute then. The Herodians were known for trying to get their guy Herod on the throne. Oh, y'all, y'all said yes, amen to that. Wait till I tell you why you need to be delivered. Because there's a lot of people, even in this church, that feel like if there's a Democrat in the White House, everything's going to be all right. A lot of people think if there's a Republican in the White House, it's going to be all right. That is a leaven of Herod. Democrats and Republicans. There's some of you that say, well, we need to try a different party than the Republicans and Democrats. No, 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 no. There's only one party we need. It's the kingdom party. And it's Jesus exalted and seated on the throne. Okay, I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Because elections are coming up and, and many of you are going to be duped into arguments because you, are, you care what the news says more than you care what the Bible said. Okay, let me move. It's just a precursor. The Pharisees and the Sadducees showed up. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. I really got to thinking, what is he talking about? In, in Matthew's version, in Matthew 16 and 12, he said, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Their doctrine, the Pharisees, were a self-preserving doctrine. That it is an exaltation of self. It is an exaltation of me and mine. My preference Come on, oh, come on now. My desires, my wants, the church would be better if it just did this. I know everything. Go plant your own church. I don't care this morning. <laughs> I just don't. And, and they're, they're self-preserving. Number two, the doctrine of the Pharisees is a protection of tradition. Jesus said in Matthew, when he was speaking to the Pharisees, you make the word of God be of no effect. Not because they didn't believe, but because of your traditions. When God comes into a church or into a nation, the first thing that you can bet your bottom dollar that's about to happen 
is he's coming after traditions that are man-made and not heaven-sent. You know most church splits and people leave church not because of something heaven-ordained, but because of something man-ordained. And they like what man-ordained more than they honor what God-ordained. And so John's out here preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Prepare the way of the Lord. And the Pharisees show up and say, who are you? Are you Jesus? Are you the Messiah? Are you Elijah? Are you Elisha? Questioning because what he's preaching is a direct threat against their traditions. He said, Pastor, where are you going? Let me just give you a glimpse. What God is getting ready to do in the earth and in the potter's house, if it's man-made, it's coming down. So you can either say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, prepare the way of the Lord. Or you can stand on this side and try to pick up the pieces of shattered man-made idolatry and religion. And you can stand there and try to preserve what you want and preserve what you desire and preserve how it's always been and preserve how you've always wanted it to be. And you will miss the move of God that has come to the earth. The nature of God does not change, but his methods are always changing. Jesus never healed a man the same way twice that's recorded. In one, in one version, he wiped mud on a man's eyes and he began to see. In another, he told a blind man, go down, to the, go down to the water, down the most dangerous mountain that there is in the region and go wash and you'll be made whole. In one, in one area, he picked up a lame man. In the other one, he said to the lame man, get up and walk. Uh, Jesus and, and, and God and, 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 and our king is not a king that does things the same way over and and over and over and over and over again and one of the doctrines of the pharisees is tradition and i've said this before let me say it again tradition disconnected from the truth is a trap it's man-made it's man-made and what you end up doing is while God is moving forward, while God is pushing forward, while the kingdom is taking territory, the Pharisees end up in Gilgal going in circles. Saying, why isn't God doing that over here? Why is, it, why is God doing over there what he's not doing here? And then because, God, because if God's not doing it here, it must be the devil over there. It could not possibly be us. Couldn't possibly be on us that God's doing it over there and he's not doing it here. Couldn't, couldn't possibly be us. Has to be that they're in some sort of vein and, and doctrine of demons. Couldn't possibly be us. The doctrine of the Sadducees. The Sadducees were the lawyers of the day. They knew the law. In one scripture in Matthew, Jesus tells them, you know how to get in the kingdom, but you've taken the key and you've hid it from others who are trying to enter.
The doctrine of the Sadducees is a doctrine that said, this kingdom is only for me. And nobody else can enter. The doctrine of the Sadducees attempts to throw doubt into what God did. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying God's about to do some things in this house. And you need to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. That God doesn't start doing things and the devil doesn't start creeping into your ear and saying, that's not God. There's no way that's real. There's no way that happened. There's no way that God did that. And so John is out here, the move of God, introducing a new move of God. And the ministers show up and then the religious people show up. (laughs) Here's the problem with religion. These Pharisees, they knew all the rituals. The Sadducees knew the law, front and back. They knew it all. Know-it-alls and the kingdom do not coexist. They knew it all. So he shows up. The Pharisees show up. The Sadducees show up. The religious people show up. Here's the problem. Another problem with religion is religion wants you to see it and not him. Wants you to see its gift. Wants you to see its abilities. Wants you to see its charisma. Wants you to see its miracles. Wants you to see its signs and wonders. And at the end of the day, all the glory goes to the it who's doing it and not the one who is the source of the miracles. And in Acts chapter 8, the Bible records that Philip, after the disciples have been scattered... Philip shows up in the city and the Bible said he preached the gospel and did great signs and wonders and the people believed and there was revival and there was great joy in the city. Fast forward one scripture down. The Bible said there was a man in the city named Simon. He was a sorcerer and he had convinced the people that he was something great. I want you to listen to this damning doctrine. The people called him the great power of God they didn't say he moved in great power they called him the power Simon was in line for judgment because he had convinced people that the power he worked with was 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 something that made him a God and not God God People were so blinded that they said, he's the power of God. You want to know what happens when what is real shows up in the same room that's something fake is in? Oh, let me say that again so y'all get it. You want to know what happens when the authentic shows up in the room with the fake? It becomes very evident which one is the real one and which one is the fake one. 
Philip in the, they're doing the same miracles operating in the same uh, area doing signs and wonders and miracles Simon's doing the same but when Phil, and they said this is the great power of God watch what happened when a true disciple showed up watch what happened in a, when a John the Baptist type showed up in the same city as a fake he showed up and he was doing signs and wonders and the Bible said the people believed in the gospel that Philip preached and they knew that Simon was a fake and even Simon started to believe when what is real shows up into a room with something else that's fake it becomes very evident instantly something real has just walked in the room you know let me stop here for a minute. I'm still on the Pharisees and the Sadducees because some of you need to get free from the religious spirit. Y'all thought I was maybe peeling back a little bit. I'm not. Because what God's getting ready to do in this room and in this house, there is no room for religiosity and there is no room for people who are going to criticize and take sides in the move of God. There is one side in the move of God and it's his side. The only way you can tell a fake 20 from a real 20 is to put it under a specific test. You've got to have tools. There is rising in the day. The Bible said there would be many that would rise and would say, I am the Christ and would deceive many. Oh, God has given us the tool called discernment. You know why Simon could operate like that? And nobody would call him to the floor and say, you are full of iniquity and bondage and demons. Because there was no discernment in the city. There was no discernment in the city. But the second somebody with discernment showed up named Paul, or named Philip, or Peter rather. The second Peter showed up, he said, I perceive that you are in the bond of iniquity and in the gall of bitterness. Your money perish with you. Because Peter could discern this man. It's full of demons. You got to have discernment. Y'all still with me? Okay. The next move of God that's coming, this John the Baptist move, it's going to rattle the cages of priests who have been on guard long enough. Oh my. And it's going to rattle the cages of religious people who have prayed for God to do this, but when God started doing it, it didn't look like what they thought it was going to look like. The Pharisees knew who the Messiah was. John showed up and said, hey, the Messiah is coming. Prepare the way. And the Pharisees said, who are you? Who are you to declare this? You look like a total nutcase. Dressed in camel's hair and eating locusts and honey. Who are you to declare this? Who, who ordained you? Who, who made you the voice that was going to make way and declare for the king to come and prepare the way? And John said, I'm not the voice. I'm just a voice in the wilderness saying, prepare the way of the Lord. Now, okay, now we're going to get to the good part. So he's endured the priests. He's endured the Pharisees. And the Bible said in verse 29, and the next day, John lifted up his voice and he, saw, he lifted up his eyes and saw who's next that showed up on the scene. Jesus. So the priest has come and criticized the move. The religious have come and criticized the move. 
And the next day he lifted up his eyes and he said, Oh, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And I've just made up in my mind. You know, I've been preaching long enough and we've been pastoring long enough here in this church that I've already, in eight months, I know it's shocking, encountered ministers who don't like what we're doing. And the amount of Pharisees and Sadducees who don't like what is happening here is innumerable. I mean, I get emails, people call me. But you know what I've made up in my mind? I'm going to keep preaching. And I'll keep preaching. When, I'll keep preaching when the ministers show up who don't like it. And I'll keep preaching when the Pharisees showed up who don't like it. Because somewhere along this line, I know I'm going to lift up my eyes and say, Behold, here comes the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus has now just walked in the room where everybody was criticizing, where everybody was questioning, where everybody was saying, Who are you to declare this thing? I'm just a voice in the wilderness telling you there's a move of God coming. And lo and behold, there is a move of God who has just stepped on the scene and his name is Jesus now there's power in this but it goes beyond this because yes Jesus showed up but it was the physical body of Christ I'm going to keep contending for this move of God until the potter's house becomes the body of Christ. Not just some organization. Not just some, not just some business-minded church. Not just some church that comes together on Sunday morning and has our services and we leave with nothing to impact the city. I am going to keep preaching until the physical body of Christ rises up in the city of Columbus and we go forth and we heal the sick and we cast out demons and we feed the hungry and we clothe the naked and we see the broken made whole. It is time. I know we've been through people criticizing. I know the religious people don't like it. But there is coming a moment in time where we are going to have to stand up and be the hands and the feet and the voice of Jesus in our city. What does it look like? Help me, Holy Spirit. It looks like an onslaught of attack from entertainment industries targeting our children. Some of you say, oh, please don't go here. My babies, your babies are going to be the victims of this thing. And silence is way too high a price to pay. I know we might get kicked off of streaming. I don't give a rip. I I could care less. When you've got sinful men and evil people in government and in entertainment who are pushing an abominable, deceptive lie from the pits of hell that a five-year-old can determine its gender, 
and that a, a kindergartner needs to be taught about transsexuals and homosexuals and you tell me that it's all right that we've stood in this church and we've had church for decades and they're still going to hell and we come in and sing our songs and we patty cake and we preach our messages and they're still taking territory no 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 the days are over and it's time for war it's time to stand up as the body of Christ and say enough is enough where is the truth of his word where is the body of Christ I look forward to the day when I'm standing on high street when I'm standing in the hilltop and an army of potter's house is coming down the road and I can say behold the Lamb of God behold the body of Christ who comes to address and to change the walls of our city that's fine but I gotta keep preaching I gotta preach past the the turmoil I've got to preach past the the critics and I got to preach past the complainers ah. because after the priests and the Pharisees showed up Jesus showed up the body showed up and then after the body showed up John said and I looked and I beheld the Holy Ghost like a dove descending on the body I gotta keep preaching past the critics you've gotta keep living past the critics You've got to keep living past the people who think Christianity is some aloof religion that, that nobody thinks is, is relevant anymore. You've got to keep preaching and moving past the people who think Christianity should adapt to culture and should adapt to what they're saying. You've got to push past them because what happens when the body shows up is that the next thing that happens is the Holy Ghost shows up. And when the Holy Ghost shows up and he comes on the body... And on the day of Pentecost, they were in one room, in one accord. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Pastor, this isn't Pentecost, it's Palm Sunday, every day's Pentecost. Came a sound from heaven, like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the house. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And they spoke in other tongues. As the Spirit gave the utterance. There is a damning doctrine called cessationism. That is sweeping the earth today. And they want to tell you that tongues are not for today. That healing is not for today. That the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. Our speaker this weekend at our men's conference said something so profound. He said the dove can't fly without two wings. 
You've got to have the gifts and you've got to have the fruit. You've got to have the power. What happened in Pentecost was the dove came down on the body. And the body carried the dove into the city. Peter stood up on Pentecost and he said you you think we're drunk we're not drunk like you think we are but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions and on the servants and head mains of those days will I pour out of my spirit and he went on saying He's saying, you know Jesus, the one whom you crucified and God raised from the dead, for it was not possible that he would be holding by the pangs of death. In verse 31, he said, and, and you, you know David saw it, and he prophesied that his body would not see mortality, his body would not see corruption. And the Bible said that this which you now see and hear, he ascended to the right hand of God. He received the Holy Ghost and he now pours out that which you see and hear. And this promise is unto you and to your children and to them that are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call. And on and on and on and on they took the dove from the upper room and they walked the city streets with the dove from the upper room being the body of Christ Walking past the critics, walking past the Pharisees, walking past the ministers in the temple, walking past the synagogue. In fact, the very first miracle that's recorded happened right outside the gate of the temple called Beautiful. When Peter and John walked up and said, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man leapt to his feet. And let me tell you what has happened is there's not many miracles in churches anymore because the dove is not there there's dove in the marketplace let there be doves on your job let there be a dove in your family let there be a dove in this church the dove showed up I got to keep going I'm not going to miss this move of God I've been contending for I don't care where it comes from I don't care who stands up and proclaims that it is here. I don't care if they're in a holler in West Virginia somewhere. I don't care if they're missing half of their teeth. And I, I've never met them a day in my life. But if they stand up and say the move of God is here. I don't, I'm not going to say who told you. Who licensed you to say that it's a threat to our religion it's a threat to our structure oh no 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 baby I'm going to say where is the lamb because once the critics start rising up once the critics start standing up and saying well this move of God this isn't what they said this is this happened long ago this is what it meant and they criticize it because it's a threat to their structure start looking God is raising up a remnant somewhere and the next thing to happen on that remnant is a dove that comes down out of heaven 
and rest on the body. Are you with me this far? I'm telling you, we are about to see a swath of baptisms in the Holy Ghost. I believe it for this church. I believe we're about to see swaths, groups. It's going to come in waves of deliverance and healing. I believe it's coming. But we've got to keep pressing. I'm telling you, what, what, what has transpired in this church just in the last week tells me the body's getting ready to stand up. Tells me that when the body stands up, the dove's coming next. I hope, you're, I hope it's hitting you getting this. Because you know what? There's a lot of churches who do a lot of outreach and do a lot of ministry and they got good vision and they grow their churches but there is no dove. There is no dove. And if there is no dove, are we even the church of Jesus Christ? Because everywhere I look in scripture, he planted churches with the dove. And it was the dove who moved the people to outreach. It was not outreach that moved the dove. Ah. It wasn't good vision that moved the dove. It was the dove who moved the people. Say, Pastor, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say there's a move of God and it's already in the earth. And what we've been experiencing in this house in the last two weeks, three weeks, I mean a miracle offering three weeks ago. The next week, the Holy Ghost, the dove just took over. Wednesday night, the dove just took over. This past weekend, Friday night, the dove took over. This morning, the dove has taken over. Let me tell you what's about to happen. If your heart is more set on staying the same, you are not a candidate for the dove. For I have found a resting place here. And I will make this place my abiding home. But I ask you today, can I find a resting place in you? May I find an abiding home in your home, in your heart? 
For behold, the days are coming. Or I will pour out my spirit like I promised. And I'm not looking to sweep through. I'm looking to stay. Will you prepare the way? Will you open your heart? Will you prepare the way? Will you move beyond the superficial? Will you move beyond your preferences, your desires? And will you let me captivate you again? For I will move you at an accelerated pace. And you will see my hand. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We you lift your hands all over this room and honor him? If your answer is yes to what he just spoke, with those hands lifted, stand reverently. Don't leave, stand reverently. If your answer is yes, you can find a resting place here in my heart, in my home. Lift your hands and tell him yes. dove has just come and sat down among us. Lift your hands and hold Thank you for joining us for this week's message. And thanks to those of you who give so generously to make things like this possible. You can click the link in the description or go to pottershouse.org for more details and to see the exciting things happening here at the church and how you can get involved. We encourage you to share this week's message with your friends and family. We look forward to seeing you next week.